1: Jesus says let there be light as if God is asking someone to turn on the light in the Hebrew it sounds better he says light be light spoke it exists the same word that spoke everything to existence and you find the creation if you do your study you'll find Genesis when God created everything from plants the sky the moon the stars everything in the same order will be destroyed in Revelation in that order and all by his word he created with his word it'll be destroyed with his word We're not going to fight. He's going to do all the battle. He's going to destroy himself.
0: Sometimes we think that God's processes are the same as our own, but that couldn't be further from the truth. Pastor Eddie reminds us in today's message that when God created this earth, he simply spoke, and it was. When the end of this world comes, the fight between Christ and evil won't even be a fight. God will speak, and endless amounts of destruction will occur. When that time comes, which side do you really want to be on? Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he continues his message, the great apostasy.
1: Jesus himself said in Matthew 24, 24, he said for false Christs and false prophets would rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, even possible, even the elect. So is there a departing of the way? Yes. There's been a departing of way since the book of Acts. And more so now. Paul, when he said, again, I'm going to quote again from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 4, he says, For the time will come when they will not endorse sound doctrine." and turn their ears away from the truth, the gospel. How can one be truly saved or saved and continue to walk in faith without the truth? Jesus Christ is the truth. You need good, sound doctrine, and you need to follow the gospel. Jesus said, even if possible, even your lack would be deceived. So Christians have drifted away. They have fallen away from the faith since the early church. Now, that's view number one. View number two, and I'm going to tell you right up ahead, <laughs> right up front, this is the view that I take on this. But you need to make your own judgment on this matter, okay? The thing is, you're going to be raptured, right? Just continuing your faith to be raptured. But this is where I believe, and I'm going to give you four reasons why I believe that this is not a departure of the faith. It is a departure of the church, the rapture of the church, because it needs to take place before the Antichrist. Am I right? We're not going to be here when the Antichrist is going to be here, right? So notice the definite article in the verse there. The, in front of the noun apostasy, the apostasy. Apostasy. It's not a apostasy. Definite article in the Greek. Then you also have the definite article in front of the man of sin, the Antichrist. And Paul puts that the, that definite article, before apostasia, the D, before the Antichrist, because it's, it's something that has to deal with a specific time bound quality. Is the same with the rapture and the Antichrist. So again, it is not a departure, but it's a the departure. So when it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen big. It's gonna be the departure. Second reason why I believe is a physical rapture is because of context. For those of you who've been in real estate, right? The three rules in real estate location, location, location. The three rules in Bible study and inductive, you know, Bible study interpretation is context, content, context. And so we see that in Paul's letter. Now, if you take the extended context, not only in the letter, but the extended, go back to 1 Thessalonians, that's the extended context, and we know that we study 1 Thessalonians. We even found it talks about the end time, that's all it does, and we also found that at the end of every chapter, five chapters in 1 Thessalonians, at the end of every chapter is a reference to end times. So it's context, and extended context, and is dealing with the rapture, the day of the Lord, okay? That's the second view. The third view, drop down to verses 6, 7, and 8. We're keeping this in context, right? We're going to read it in context. Paul goes on to say, and now you know what is restraining. What is restraining that he, speaking of the Antichrist, May be revealed in his own time. Verse 7. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Now here it is. Here's another person. Only he. Notice in your Bibles is in caps. Only he. Is speaking of the Holy Spirit. Who now restrained will do so until he. The Holy Spirit is taking out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. Question. If the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way, would he be taken out of the way, leaving you, me, and the church behind? I think not. We're going to be raptured with him, and the Holy Spirit is coming with us. And you find throughout scriptures that the Lord said, I will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. I'll send you the comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he will be with you. And he's been with us since the day of Pentecost. Not only in our hearts, Upon us for service, okay? So that's reason number three. Fourth reason. I looked back at this word, Greek lexicon, references, and everything, and here's the fourth reason. The early English translators of the Bible, and I have some listed, just a few. Uh, Tyndale, in 1384, he translated the English Bible, he used the word departure. Tyndale who was burned to death for translating the Bible, by the way. In 1526, he translated the word departure. Then you have Coverdale in 1534. He translated the word apostasia, the departure. There are others. I just didn't want to consume the time on this. But before the King James Version, You have a lot of legalistic people. Oh, King James, King James, the only one. Uh, The King James Version in 1611 was the first one to put in falling away. All the other translations before the King James Version had departed or first a departure. Now, I only gave you four reasons. Well, I believe that, okay? I try to give a fair balance to two views, but I couldn't find one. It really outweighed with context, okay? I gave you four reasons, if you want to know ten reasons, I recommend the book Dr. Andy Woods, and he has a book called The Falling Away, revisiting Second Thessalonians chapter two verse three. He'll give you ten reasons. It's under four dollars. It's not that big of a book. Okay, so that's the two reasons. That's the two views. I believe the latter because it's, it's dealing with content. He's not going to talk about the end time. The end time is oh yeah, falling away. No, because we've been we've been falling away since the Book of Acts, the departure. And that's what's going to say, the falling away, so if you, it goes well. The departure of the church, that's the first thing that needs to happen, then the man of sin. This is why we're not looking for the Antichrist. We're looking for our Savior, Jesus Christ. We're not going to be here when the Antichrist shows up. Back to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, he said, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first after the rapture, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Now, the man of sin, obviously, we know as the Antichrist. The word Antichrist means against Christ or in place of Christ. This is something Satan wanted to do from the beginning. When he fell, Lucifer, he said, I want to be like the Most High. I will be above, right? That spirit is still there. Now, the name Antichrist fit. It came from 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. John writes this, little children, in the last hour, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. However, both the Old Testament and the New Testament is filled with names to describe what we know as the Antichrist, the lawless one that we just read in verse 8. But in the Old Testament, he's called the little horn in Daniel chapter 7. He's called the king of fierce features in Daniel chapter 8. He's called the prince who is to come, Daniel chapter 9. He's called the willful king, Daniel chapter 12. He's called the worthless shepherd in Zechariah chapter 11. And in the book of Revelation, he is called the beast. There is a first beast, that's the Antichrist. And there's a satanic trinity, just like there's a holy trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's a satanic trinity, Satan, the Antichrist, the first beast, and the false prophet, the second beast. Okay, but Christians have adopted and stuck with the name Antichrist. As a matter of fact, just to show the consistency in Scripture of this timeline of when this Antichrist will come after the church is raptured up to be with the Lord. Right. The letters to the churches, chapter two and three, the heavenly scene, chapter three and four of Revelation. And then we have chapter four and five four and five is the heavenly scene. Chapter six begins the great tribulation. The church is not there anymore. You'll read the word church 19 times, but you won't read the word church anymore after that because the church is no longer the church. The church is now the bride of Christ. But you notice the first seal, there are seven seals on the scroll, right? The first seal that is open is going to be the Antichrist. That's the first thing. The Antichrist, the first seal, the seven seals on that scroll, the last one, once is loosened from the scroll, ushers in the seven trumpets. The last of the seven trumpets usher in the seven golden bowl of wrath, the wrath of God. And it's all chained together. That's why it's chronologically in order. That's why it is a divine outline when it comes to the book of Revelation, when it comes to end times. We can't pick and choose, oh, this is what's happening. Yeah, it's in chapter 9. No, we haven't, we're not living in chapter 9 right now. Where are we in the book of Revelation? Chapter 2 and 3. We haven't got to four yet because we haven't been called up. So the Antichrist come. Look at Revelation chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. It says, Now I saw when the Lamb, speaking of Jesus Christ, capital, the Lamb of God, opened one of the seals, the first one, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow. Notice, no arrow. You just have a bow. Usually when you say bow, you associate bow and arrow. Just a bow. And a crown was given to him. People are going to make him his lord. And he went out to conquer and to conquer. He's an imposter. He's on a white horse, but he's an imposter. He's fake. He's an antichrist. And so he has a bow, meaning that, yeah, he will control the war, but the war will come with the next horse, the next seal, that will be the red horse. That will bring war. Then we have the black horse that will bring famine. Then the fourth horse will be the pale horse that will bring death and hate. Usually what happens, when there's a conqueror, you have war. After war, there's famine. After famine, there's death. It's in the same order when Jesus gives, uh, speaks of the end time in Matthew 24. Chronological. so this Antichrist is coming. He's going to conquer, and he's going to bring war. Though the scriptures, again, though the scriptures has given us uh, this beast, this Antichrist, and it's filled throughout the scriptures, again, we have no worry about the Antichrist. If you believe there's an Antichrist here now, then we miss the rapture. He could be growing up. He could be, you know, the omen, 666. He could probably be walking around. I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's an old movie. I don't know. But don't start looking at your child's head and see there's a 666. That's not it. <laughs> but the, the Antichrist might be around. He might be alive. Right now, it looks like that the world is crying for a leader. They don't want a savior. They want a political leader. And it's dangerous. We're looking for not the Antichrist, Jesus Christ. And Paul continues, and he moves on now into the middle. Now he already gave us the great falling away, the departure, the the rapture. He already said this Antichrist is coming. Look what he's going to do in the middle of the great tribulation. Look at verse 4. The Antichrist who opposes, meaning he opposes every divine worship that is to God and for those who are left here on earth, not the church, those that are left here. He's gonna oppose, he said he opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple. Hold my thought until he sits as God in the temple, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember when I was still with you? I told you these things. I told you. We're forgetful by nature. And let me tell you something. I understand why the Thessalonians may forget. They don't have the Bible. What I don't understand is Christians today do not understand and they forget. Because you have the Bible in all shapes, color, and sizes. You have it electronically in your device or your computer. We're not studying the Bible. Okay? Now, what... Paul is speaking of here is what's spoken of in Daniel chapter 9 verse 27 I don't have time to go through all this but I'm going to tell you in Daniel chapter 9 verse 27 the antichrist who comes in the picture he's going to create a seven year peace treaty a pseudo peace he's going to have a seven year covenant with the Jews in Israel and allow them to finally build their long awaited temple Muslims have their Mecca in Saudi Arabia we the Non-Catholics, we, we don't believe in a building. But the Catholics had their church in Rome. What about the Jews? Where's the church? Destroyed in 70 AD. And how are you going to build that temple right next to the shrine? It's not a mosque. It's a shrine. How, who's going to make that possible? The Antichrist. The Antichrist is the one that's going to allow them to build their third temple and that final temple that they've been waiting for. Is spoken of in Revelation it says the, the, the angel was told to measure the outer, believe the outer court that was given to the Gentile. He's speaking about the shrine of Muslims. And those of you who went with us to Israel, Israel's is ready. Israel's is ready to build their temple. Israel has all the furnishings ready. They have the limestones, they have the blueprint. If you've been with us in our revelation study, I showed you a third dimensional video of how. They're planning to build the third temple. They're training high priests now. They have the garment. They have the ephod. They have everything ready. There is, you you can Google this and search it for yourself. It's called the templemountinstitute.org. They're ready to build at any given moment. They have everything ready. There's nothing else to be ready for. They have everything ready to build it. But look what Paul says, in the middle of that seven year, the Antichrist is going to build that temple. In the middle of seven, he's going to break that promise right in the middle, three and a half years. And look at verse four, it says, and he sits as God in the temple of God. He's going to go into the Holy of Holies, and he's going to demand now to be worshipped. The, and the Jews that worship in that new temple are going to say, oy we we missed the Messiah. No one can go into the Holy of Holies. They would drop dead. But they're going to see the Antichrist. And they're going to say, we missed the Messiah. Now, Daniel did not only speak of this. Paul here denounced. But Jesus also called it the abomination of desolation. In Matthew 24, verses 15 and 16, he says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, he says, whoever reads, let him understand. And let those who are in Judea, Flee to the mountains. In other words, run for your life. Run for your life. And it's actually repeating. If you know history of Israel, they have what is called the Masada, where in Rome is after uh, when Jews revolt and they went against Rome and they went up to this place called Masada, which is called fortress, means fortress. And if you go to Israel, you go there. They're going to the same place. The city of Petra is another place that I believe where they're going. It's the city of Petra. It's ready. And they're going to flee. They have everything ready to build this temple. Interestingly, when Jesus came, they did not receive them as the Messiah. Though there are a lot of Jews that accepted Jesus, Yeshua, as the Mashiach. Don't think that all Jews are not accepting Yeshua as the Mashiach. Messianic Jews, they believe in this. They believe that Jesus is the Messiah because Jesus fulfilled all 300 Messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. But interesting that Jesus said to the Pharisee, John chapter 5, verse 43, he says this. I have come in my father's name, and you do not receive me. If another, here it is, if another comes in his own name, him you will receive. Interestingly, if you ask, you have a conversation with an Orthodox Jew, you ask them, who's going to build a temple for you? They're going to clearly say the Messiah. But he's not the Messiah, he's the Anti-Christ, the word Christ is Messiah, Mashiach. He's the anti-Mashiach, anti-Christ. Because Jesus already came, he died. Verse 5. Verse 5 says, do you not remember that when I was with you, I still told you of these things? I told you. He says, guys, I told you about this. I said that you're going to suffer persecution. It's going to be bad, but it's not going to be as the great tribulation. You did not miss the rapture. You did not miss the great tribulation. And he says in verse 6, and now you know what is restraining. We went through this, that he, the Antichrist, may be revealed in his own time, for the mystery of the lawlessness is already at work. Only he, the Holy Spirit, who now restrains, will do so until he is taken away. Right now he's being restrained. Why? Unto the fulfillment of the Gentiles. Why? Unto Christ says is ready. When the Lord says, go get your bride, go get the church, time is now. Verse 8, and then when he is taken out away. way, verse 7, and then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now, Christ is not coming. He's going to start swinging arms and do some karate kicks. No, all he's going to do with the breath of his mouth and the brightness of his coming. Jesus said when he comes going to be as light Matthew 24 verse 27 for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west so also will the coming of the son of man be not only would there be light that will be seen the world will see the coming of Jesus Christ and know this church you and I are going to be with him we're coming to battle he's coming with his saints he's coming with his bride Right? I love what John Corson said the bride with combat boots. We're coming with Jesus. We're going to be riding a white horse, as Revelation tells us. And if you never rode a horse, you're going to learn that day. We're coming with Jesus. We're going to see all this. We're going to see Satan be demolished. Uh, I mean, the, the Antichrist. Look what it says in Revelation chapter 19, verse 20. It says, Then the beast, remember, that's the Antichrist, was captured. And with him, the false prophet, the second beast, who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. These two were cast alive in the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. No one is in hell right now, the lake of fire. That's later. Those who have died, who hated Christ, Atheists who didn't believe it or rejected Christ, they're not in the lake of fire. They're going to be judged one day and one day very soon. It's not purgatory. That's a Catholic doctrine. But they will be judged. Those who died in their faith, absent a body in the presence of the Lord. Their bodies, their remains, their ashes, whether it's in a casket or is in the urn, is going to be with a glorified body. We're going to be with him when he comes. So the only two that would be in the lake of fire first. Is the first two of the satanic trinity. Satan, the beast, the antichrist. The second beast, the false prophet. Look, think of the power. He is the word that became flesh. In the beginning, he said, I like the Hebrew. In English, it says, let there be light. As if God is asking someone to turn on the light. In the Hebrew, it sounds better. He says, light be. Light spoke, it exists. The same word that spoke everything to existence. And you find in creation, if you do your study, you'll find Genesis when God created everything from plants, the sky, the moon, the stars, everything in the same order will be destroyed in Revelation. In that order. And all by His Word. He created with His Word, it will be destroyed with His Word. We're not going to fight. He's going to do all that. He's going to destroy Himself. Now, the Antichrist, the false prophet, two of the satanic trinity, are thrown in the lake of fire
0: Running the race. Pastor Eddie Pinero has been digging into the Book of Second Thessalonians with us here on Running the Race. There's much more to learn from this New Testament letter, but our time has come to an end for today. Before we go, we'd like to invite you to visit our website to hear more messages from Pastor Eddie. Head over to RunningTheRaceRadio.com. There, you'll also find a link to our podcast where you can subscribe to receive up-to-date messages each time they're available. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, why not come be part of our weekly worship service? We gather each Sunday for Bible study, worship, and getting to know each other better. You'll find service times and more information at runningtheraceradio.com. If you've benefited from hearing these messages and you'd like to partner with us, we'd gladly accept your support. Here's Jessica to tell you more
1: prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated the opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible so please pray for our listening audience and that what shared will alter people's lives forever another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way there's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program and we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com.
0: We hope you'll join us again for another edition with Pastor Eddie, right here on Running the Race.